Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon, and together with my husband, Marcus Dillon, we lead Who's Really the Boss podcast, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss podcast. Hey, thanks for having me back. We have a special guest and even more special because this is our first repeat guest back on the podcast, our Director of Operations, Amy McCarty. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's great to be here again and then also as a team member of DBA. So That's right. Last time, uh, Amy, when you were a guest, you weren't yet a full-time DBA team member, and so this time you are. We've had the pleasure of working with you for almost six months in the firm, um, but prior to that, 10 years. So um, very close friends and know each other well. But if there's anyone who doesn't know you yet, will you give a little self-intro, just some background about you? I have been in the accounting industry for a couple of decades doing a wide variety of things. I've done tax work, accounting work, consulting, training, process improvement, right? So I have, I know the accounting industry very well and I thoroughly enjoy helping everyone inside of the industry, both inside of firms and also clients. I mean, we're realistically all here to just help each other. So awesome. Um, and I'm going to ask you, even though you've already shared your best piece of advice you've ever been given, what is the best piece of advice you'd like to share today? So this is a, this is an interesting one. I hemmed and hawed about this. In fact, prior to starting this podcast today, we talked a little bit but on the fly, I'm going to change it. So this would be a piece of advice that I have given that always comes back to me. And the piece of advice that I've given is that fun is the only way to work. And I think I'll, I'll stay true to that, right? If we're having fun, then it doesn't feel like work. Um, and so in all that I do, I try to make sure that we're having fun and getting stuff done. So... I, I, I think that's the thing, no matter what the industry, no matter what the situation or the heaviness of the moment, you can still approach things lightheartedly. Um, and that's the team that we've employed for the most part. I don't think anybody's so heavy that they can't make fun of themselves, laugh at others, all that good stuff. So, And so, Amy, for you... We say, Marcus and I say, that Dillon Business Advisors is great, and we talk about all of the good things. We do share the failures and the uh, missed opportunities that we go through. But overall, we talk about how great we are and that we think we figured things out. So coming into DBA, what was it really like when you got on the inside as your full-time job? Do you really want me to answer that? Yes, really answer. If it's bad, we'll just cut it out, right? If it's if it's not appropriate, <laughs> okay. we'll just edit. <laughs> it was refreshing because it is like any other place, I assume, right? So in the various places that I've worked, 
Like it doesn't matter how well put together you appear to be. There are always opportunities for improvement. And so it was no different with DBA. It was not like, I didn't walk in and go, Oh my gosh, what did I do? Like I'm out of here. Um, Things are very well run inside of DBA and the team has done a really great job. Um, Rachel, Marcus, both of you have done a really great job growing a team of people who just want to help and are willing to roll up their sleeves and work to get it done. And so I, all I came in to find was understanding how everyone worked together and how are things currently organized and then having a, a ton of ideas, but recognizing that not all change needs to be immediate, right? And so there's opportunity to slowly work in new things, new efficiencies without disrupting the harmony and the flow that, that already existed. So just figuring things out, figuring out where, how we organized things and, you know, multiple iterations of different places to store things, but that's normal. Like when you come in and you're just like, okay, there's like a flow here. What is the flow? So that's what I walked into. I love that. I think I was, my, my question to you was going to be, what did you see as your first opportunity to really make a difference um, in some of the, th the things that were already here. Maybe they were working, but they could work so much better if done just a little bit differently. Um, but you mentioned a little bit about the organization. So I'm even laughing because even scheduling this uh, podcast recording, um, I took a note out of your book and made one document with like the date, the time, the link, <laughs> the notes like all in one place, because our typical MO is to have everything in a different place, right? We have the notes in one place and then we have the calendar invite that may or may not have the link, or maybe the team's message has a link for that thing. And so that's typically yeah. how we operate because it's no, it has not been one person's main focus to make sure that things are organized in a manner that's easily accessible for every single person who needs access. And so I think that that for me, the immediate change that I saw was your ability to come in and look at things from a different perspective of like, this is my priority. This is my one focus that I need to do and then make start making changes and make things happen where the, the rest of us have that as like a secondary or a tertiary um, responsibility where it's not top of mind. Like that's like it, it might get done one day, but that's not going to be how it starts out. Yeah. I think that one, so a couple of like my favorite things like coming in, if I can share, right. So when I first came in, I just took an opportunity to meet with everybody. And so a lot of people I knew just from our years and years together, working professionally. And so meeting with everyone though, it was really interesting one because everybody, and I believe this to be true of everyone in the accounting industry, 
everybody mentioned in some form or fashion that they love to organize things and piece things together, which is ultimately like doing client work for clients is figuring out either the mess that they created and help helping to unravel it or like putting the pieces together of the tax return or whatnot. So I thought that that was really interesting feedback from everyone. And then just immediate organization of like daily threes. I love that we do daily threes, but just having them subbed under each day so everyone could see what was somebody working on that day instead of just an extremely long list inside of the Teams channel of all of the things that people were doing. <laughs> it's the little things, you guys. I don't know. Yeah, I think the uh, when I when we were just talking, if DBA is like the duck on the water, the little feet that are paddling a million miles an hour underneath the water is probably Amy. Yeah, <laughs> and so I think that's the piece where um, her role kind of helps everything look smooth from the outside. Part of what she uh, immediately was tasked with were all the different softwares and logins that we use, um, just kind of getting a system in place, what what we would like to move to or what were we already planning to move to, how do we use that new software better, how do we phase out certain softwares. And um, so that was probably some of the feedback that she did get from team members was like, why do we have so many logins? Like, And now every new team member that comes in, you question yourself every time you set somebody up, it's like, why do we use all these different programs? So Amy's role in that too is probably a little bit of feedback on the best things to use um, and developing a plan to do that. And I know a lot of times that falls on firm owners. It's fallen on, fallen on me in the past, fallen on you. And then we've assigned that to some other people, but ultimately that's kind of a big, a big lift for her. Yeah. So. And so title is director of operations, but what are your responsibilities? What would you say like your top responsibilities as the director of operations? What do you manage or handle or take care of? I would, I think it falls into three buckets for me is exactly what Marcus just mentioned, just like the technology aspect and being able to think through like, okay, what's the flow operationally, right? Of all of the technology that we're using and how many can we remove by like maybe better utilizing a couple of them? And then that ties into process improvement. So how are we accomplishing things? Is there opportunity to move who's doing it and utilize other team members in order to do different functions? So just thinking through process and then staff just internal training was a common thing in talking with each team member, just learning more. Everyone is hungry for knowledge and we're all learners inside of the accounting industry also, right? And so how do we help each person on the team continue to grow and learn and develop professionally on their path and whatever their path might look like. It might go from CSM to controller to CFO. It might not. It might just go growth in CSM role or growth in controller role or growth growth in CFO role, right? So I would lump it into those three buckets. Yeah, absolutely. So then immediately when you came, not only did you start a new position, 
You also started a position that had never been in the business before. We also had you start in Q4. So just prior to the year ending. So what were some of the things that you wanted to accomplish before the year ended to make the new year that much better, that much easier? The one big ticket item that we were working on was canopy implementation. So changing practice management solution, primarily for like workflow and time tracking to start. So that was a big push was to get that in place before end of year to start with that on one one or at least have clean slate going into one one. So that was a big ticket item from a technology and process standpoint, which involved making sure that things were set up properly, but then also that team members knew how to use the new solution. Yeah. Yeah. And that will uh, continue to evolve because we wanted team members to know that well first, and then we'll introduce Canopy more to clients in Q2 of 2024. So um, yeah, as we phase out, I believe two different softwares for one um, is what the goal is there with Canopy. So, Absolutely. So then moving into January. So we, you did an excellent job getting us ready to go on Canopy, making sure that the team knew, I think we started testing, well, like actually using that December, the end of November, December. um, So that again, we were familiar. Yes, we want it to work as perfectly as possible um, in January. So we didn't start, like we didn't give people logins in January um, just because we didn't want to overwhelm people with our industry. January is busy enough and has enough of its own to worry with. And so we actually started that a little bit before. So in January, what was your focus? So January, we wanted to make sure the team was ready for January which we know, we all know is crazy. Um, We had hoped to have a new solution in place for 1099s, but sometimes it doesn't all work out, right? So, which is okay. Um, So making sure that everyone was comfortable with what the 1099 process was, W2 process was. And then our other focus was getting a new team member in where we decided to uh, explore team opportunities outside of the United States and bring in an assistance role or assistant role. This isn't our first experiment um, with an outside subcontractor to help with different roles in the business. This is our first with this particular company, um, TOA. And so we have used others. We haven't ever started one of our subcontractors in this role with these responsibilities. And so we are with your help, Amy. um, And then also with kind of a better idea of expectations and the appropriate amount of kind of onboarding and training and learning time, we're much more hopeful that this is going to go better maybe than our ones in the past have gone. Uh, We also had a new team member start, uh, I think in December is when Hannah started. And so Amy, Amy was immediately onboarded and then she onboarded a new team member and kind of got them up on training protocol and got them logged in and everything there. Every one of these, um, 
situations is an opportunity to create uh, kind of the the different tasks or the outline that needs to be done, the, the protocol that needs to be done for onboarding, offboarding. And because we're so gracious, we share that with other firms, right? You know, yeah. like this is what we do. Um, but a lot of that you and I would uh, get that done based on all of our other responsibilities. But with Amy, it's kind of her priority. Um, it's, you know, her responsibility. So it's been really nice to kind of go through some of these first um, situations. And then the next reiteration of these is just following protocol. And it's not going to be the first. It's just following the list. So Yes. And it's always humbling whenever a new team member starts Um Amy and then the other one, the subsequent ones who have started after her. Uh, and she's like, okay, do, what do we do for this? Where do we send this? And I'm like, oh yes, it's here and, and here and here. And she's like, what if I just move it all to one spot <laughs> in one document? Yeah, that'd be great. That makes a lot more sense than <laughs> having it in 13 places. Um, I think, you know, for us, we hear of great things or we see something like, oh, that would be better than what we're currently doing. So we incorporate that one little piece, but we don't necessarily make any kind of documentation that actually follows that. So we started with something, you know, years ago, and then we've improved it multiple times in between, but not really updated anything or um, I guess, joined it all together in one spot to be used by somebody other than the person who would, who owned it at that time. And so really having it in a place where anyone could come in and pick it up, could, you know, fumble their way through because they have it all in one place has been really nice. Yeah. The other thing that Amy started, um, is championing championing for us this year is team member trainings. And so that actually started, we wanted to start the year off with that. We've talked about having internal trainings when we would have those, even when we had our friend Bruce Burnt on the podcast, he talked about that he does internal trainings with his team, like during the lunch hour. So I, you know, pushed in on him, like, how do you actually make this happen consistently? And so Amy started that for us. Amy, you want to talk a little bit about what that looks like within DBA? Sure. So we discussed this in December at our team retreat, right? And it was one of the things that came out of meeting with every team member was just the request for additional training and so we talked as a group about breaking our internal trainings up into roles. So on the fourth Tuesday of every month, we meet as a CSM group, our client service, or client service managers meet as a group to go through internal training, which the ideas for what to be trained on were provided by everyone on the team at our December retreat. So we're just organizing those throughout the year in a fashion that makes sense, right? Like what time of the year it is, why do we need to make sure that we're discussing? And then same thing, the controllers meet separately as a group in order to go through internal training. And as we progress, so we've made it through one January in which we did personal property tax training. So side note there, just for those of you listening, if there are other firm owners listening here, that we implemented the use of the tax software program to help us file our personal property tax returns. Instead of manually keying them in on the county's website, um, 
just utilizing the technology that we're already using. So we use fixed assets and we use UltraTax, but we weren't using UltraTax to produce the PBT returns. So we did training on that for both groups based on their role and what they would be doing either in a fixed assets program or in the tax program. And then as we progress through the year, the idea is that CSMs will have an opportunity to raise their hand and want to co-lead one of the trainings and controllers, the same thing, right? Because we each bring something to the table, whether we realize it or not. You know, I organizing my Chrome tabs is something that I normally do, but like Rachel might not do that and might want to know how to organize Chrome tabs, right? Like it's even the little things like that to allow each team member to recognize, hey, if you're doing something that makes you more efficient, let's share it with everyone else so that we can all gain from the little pieces that each of us bring. Yeah. So that's the idea with our internal training and to continue to grow the opportunity for people to share with each other in safe space, right? <laughs> it's a safe space amongst the team. So. It's a safe, fun space. <laughs> so the other thing that occurred talking about PPTs that you just brought up was the who takes point on those projects. So PPTs, we felt were more in a controller uh, tax role versus the CSMs had previously taken complete responsibility for those and done those directly on the county's websites. So most CSMs, I would say all CSMs don't use UltraTax. They don't log into UltraTax. So that PPT came into the controller's role. Um, and so now that they review those fixed asset entries by a CSM, they prepare the PPT and roll on. Uh, we felt that that felt more within their realm. The other thing that you also helped, you mentioned 1099 process, and we use tax 1099 for that. We are looking to use Keeper for that in the future or Keeper to help with W-9 uh, accumulation, I guess, and making sure that we have everything. And then we would still use tax 1099 probably to file those. But what, what was kind of documented that you helped with and came in, and I believe we're filming on February 5th, we just finished 1099 season and Amada used to be very involved in that. She said this was the best 1099 season that we've gone through. So we've always made it a task to stay up to date on W9s throughout the year, kind of on the CSM's radar. Controllers really were always supposed to be there and make sure that that was being done, but there was never accountability um, if the controller let a CSM slide too much. So now the controller actually issues the 1099s in January to the client. And one thing that we did see that this year is the controllers having to review an issue instead of them all coming from Amada, they had to know when W9s were missing. And some feedback that we've gotten already this year is that controllers aren't going to let it slide like they have in the past because they weren't prepared for that additional time related to the 1099 projects. So I think that's some of the, the feedback and why you do what you do. So um, yeah, things that we've learned in 2024 so far, which are great to build upon. Um, other things, I think Q1, uh, what are we working on uh, for the rest of Q1? We want to kind of tackle that now. 
Yeah. For the rest of Q1, I mean, we're prepping for Q2, right? Because we're, it's February. Um, Keeper is on the list, like you just mentioned, Marcus, that we want to start to get our other pod utilizing Keeper more. So right now we have two pods, Marcus leading one pod and Leslie leading the other pod. And inside of Marcus's pod right now, Keeper is being utilized for monthly work for our cast clients. And currently in pod two, we're utilizing SurePrep to track all of the work papers inside of the monthly binders. So the idea is now that we're past 1099 W2 season, now we can shift focus to how do we slowly get Keeper up and running and utilized in both pods so there's consistency in how we're processing things. And so then sure prep will become something that we're just utilizing for tax binders because it works very well there. But taking advantage of some of the dashboard capabilities that Keeper gives us. That'll make it easier to see just the detail behind status of CAS clients and what we're doing for them throughout the month. So that'll be a big focus in Q1. And then prepping and continuing to utilize our CSM assistant because she's a rock star and she's doing fabulous, right? And so as we come out of Q1 and into Q2 and we start to utilize more features of Canopy with our clients, how do we just lay the foundation and get the foundation set so when it's time to roll to clients, it's a smooth, smooth transition. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, April Joy. Um, so she's our team member that is through TOA. Um, she's helped with mapping, setting up mapping for new clients as part of onboarding where their data flows from QuickBooks and UltraTax, setting up those different chart of accounts mapping that was necessary. She's also helped um, with the PPT um, setup and things like that. And uh, she will help with Keeper. Uh, because each client will need a keeper, it'll need to be connected in their QBO file. Some mapping may have to occur there. Some different account um, templates get dropped in. And then um, she's also helped on one other thing. I What's her remember. kind of ongoing responsibilities yeah. related to the CAS assistant role? So right now it's whatever our CSMs or controllers want help with, right? So a lot of, when you think of, Working on CAS clients, what's the holdup there? It's trying to get access to everything, right? Pulling all the bank statements, getting all the credit card statements. And so anything that she can pull and get ready for the CSM to go in and do what they need to do is what we're after her doing. She just happens to crank it out really fast. So it is a, okay, she can handle more. And what will start to happen is her actually working and doing some work on clients then yeah. as she continues to just evolve and grow. So it's also a, it's an experiment or a learning opportunity. I think Marcus just said earlier, right? Like everything is an opportunity to learn and grow. How, how do, how, what does staff growth look like? You know, is there a CSM assistant role that grows into a CSM role? And like, how does that progression go? So we're learning with her. 
I love that in April Joy, just her um, experience as with our team in her first days, her first weeks, she really highlights the importance of having things documented um, and having like an idea of assigning the responsibilities and clearly defining those responsibilities at how efficient someone can be. So just mirrors our team of three when instead of saying we need to do the bookkeeping and the payroll and the sales tax and the tax return and tax projections and advisory for every single client to one person, that is so overwhelming. But when we break that up into individual responsibilities and then assign certain responsibilities to certain people, amazingly, they become so much more efficient. And when they start doing the same task or the same responsibility over and over and over again, they just get faster at it. They become more effective at what they're looking for and what even they can do more for that client or their team once they really know what their role is. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about Q1, Q2, any other things on the radar for 2024? We've talked about fully utilizing Canopy, which means for firm firm owner listeners who are familiar with software titles, we're phasing out Lysio finally. That'll be on the chopping block. Um, Onvio will be on the chopping block officially. We are using Onvio TB for that bridge of data from QB to uh, UltraTax. So Onvio TB may exist in some role or we'll find another solution like a Tally 4 or maybe SurePrep will eventually do that, which you would think Thompson would figure that out. Um, but who knows? So Onvio TB, Lysio will be phased out. Um, anything else I'm forgetting as far as 2024 goals? For technology-wise... That's what everybody no, wants to hear, no, right? No, because like, Canopy will be big to roll out yeah. for portals and billing and... Signature. Um, I'm sure that we will add something else in there because it's Marcus we're talking about, but... And I'm going to give you a very <laughs> short uh, fuse, right, to, to do it. So, um, yeah. I think it's important, though, that we do have a lot of goals and initiatives for 2024. However, we want to accomplish them. We want to achieve them. We want to do them really well before we start adding on more things. So typically what that looks like being this early in the year, we set ones out that we know we can accomplish. And then mid-year, we'll look at those again and say, do we need to add on more? Do we have capacity to add on more? Have we done these? Are these integrated well enough and adopted well enough to continue and to do more? Um, rather than saying at the beginning of the year, you know, we're doing these four new technology initiatives and they're all starting in Q1 and two. And then by the time we get to Q4, we're exhausted, have lost team members <laughs> and not adopted anything well. So yeah. I think that's just important to remind people that you don't have to do it all at once. You don't have to do everything in one year. Um, it just evolves over time. Yeah. And I think the, where we go back to like, hope is not a strategy, right? So we're laying out all of 2024, breaking it down by quarter. 
seeing mid-year, what is still a priority for the year that we need to implement? What do we need to pause? What do we need to lean into more? Um, the, the other thing that we look at is all of this goes back to the vision, mission, and goals, right? That we've set as a firm and have worked on and believe in, and there are desktop screensavers for all of our you know, machines. And all of this just reinforces where DBA is called to go. And so it's not something out of left field. And that's why we feel all of these initiatives are good initiatives to pursue. It's not because we heard somebody else implementing Canopy and we want to do it, you know? So I think that's the other piece. So I think, Amy, with having you in our team, with having a dedicated director of operations, that allows us to not just hope that things get better, hope that our next experiment with our next team member or our next technology um, goes better than the last, but actually doing something, putting a plan in place, and then really... um, laying out someone to be responsible for that. Thank you for being in our team. Thank you for being on the podcast. All right. See you next time. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. Leave us a review with your thoughts, comments, and feedback on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.